right, everybody. Tony Coast here. Um, I am a sober guy living in Cleveland, Ohio. I've been sober for almost four years. And uh, me and my pal Joe here are going to talk a little bit about that and what that means and what life's like being a sober dude, uh, especially a sober dude being in the service industry, still being around alcohol every day and making a living doing that. Uh, just to give you guys a little forewarning. Some of these episodes, some of the things we're going to talk about are going to be lighthearted. Some of them might get pretty deep. We might talk about some stuff that might make you uncomfortable, that might be touching in a lot of ways, might be a little off-putting in a lot of ways. Not really sure when that's going to happen or why, but just be aware that it's kind of just going to happen as it happens. We're going to try to make this organic. We're going to try to make it exciting and fun without really having like a set goal of, you know, trying to be too deep and meaningful or meaningful or trying to be too funny and like, you know, hysterical. Agree. Uh, thanks for letting me be a part of this too. That this the, for uh, anyone who doesn't know, I mean, judging by the amount of people that have listened, most of you do. Tony came on the Guiltless Podcast. I'm the co-host of uh, the Guiltless Podcast. Um, I know Tony obviously through Terrestrial, and he and I just you know talking him in there. We got to talking one day about him coming on to talk about his experiences. I didn't know that Tony was sober. We actually had a different topic in mind, which then kind of got. You know, yeah. squashed, and then you're like, "Well, you know what? I've been sober for a couple of years." I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know that," and that's yeah. a great thing to talk about. I so like talking about it. Came on, and I mean, it was an awesome episode. It was, uh, it was man. I'm yeah, it was uh, uh, our longest one by far, and I would didn't notice it being a part of it, yeah, because of how much was actually included. So, you text me a couple of days later. It's like awesome. Had a great time, and I was like, and you mentioned actually, you did. Yeah. I'd like to come on and keep talking about it because it sounds like it was pretty therapeutic. Well, it was, man, and I think you know. I'm, I think you and I and Brian, I think we all had a good time that day. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah. And I actually, and thank you to the people that said it because it kind of was the catalyst or one of the reasons I wanted to continue to do this. Uh, I had a couple of people, people that I know very well, uh, you know, my buddy Ryan Hardwick in particular, who is a big, huge podcast fan. He said, uh, he cut my hair, I think, that next week, and he said, dude, you're fucking perfect for podcasts. He was like, you didn't skip a beat. You kept the conversation moving along. Like you and those guys really like fed off of each other. Well, yeah. He's like, you'd be silly not to try to do some sort of podcast or something. Then that, I said, all right, that's where it, because you said, I'd like to maybe do something like every month. And it was funny. My response was, it's funny. You should say that. Cause during the podcast, I had this thought, this actually should yeah. be its own podcast. I mean, who doesn't want to hear something like this? I mean, it's 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 incredible. I mean, even though that you know, addiction, alcoholism, whatever you want to, whatever the, the, I guess, whatever your drug, yeah, whatever your, uh, drug, whatever your drug, is, right? It's obviously a common thing. It's not uncommon, but it's still most of the population. I don't think knows exactly uh, how gripping it can be. And I think that's a big reason of why it is as gripping as it is, because yeah. especially when it comes to alcoholism, like nobody. Nobody's out there going, ah, oh, those heroin addicts, they're a bunch of silly guys. Bunch of scamps. You know, like, oh, they're just cutting loose, doing all that crack. You know, harder drugs have a stigma attached to them, which they should because, yeah. you know, they're they're incredibly damaging. They kill people. They're incredibly addictive. But if you really look at it, alcohol is even more damaging and even more gripping because it's socially acceptable and it's oh, perpetuated. Yeah. Nobody's out there saying, go out there and do heroin. But there are a bunch of, there's pretty much everyone, including your friends and family, going, man, you know what? Let's go out and just drink all day. Let's go out and have a couple You're not going to be watching the Super Bowl and two hot chicks come on and they're right. just shooting heroin. Shooting heroin, heroin like, or doing lines of Come join us. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's, it, it's very... It's very perpetuated. It's very encouraged, you know, in a lot of ways to be drunk, to be an alcoholic, to be 
a heavy drinker. It's almost, it, it, it's like a, a cool thing and was very much for a long time for me. You know, it was a pride factor of how much I could drink. Um, you know, and I, I, I think that's something that will probably be something I talk about or mention a lot because it's one of my biggest problems with the whole situation when it comes to alcoholism is how much it's encouraged. And I really would like to see that change. Well, and so you, you also mentioned, cause of, you know, your job, you work at, you know, yeah, a, a brewery. So make a living. You're around it every single day. I am, man. You're around people every single day who are, you know, kind of at odds with what you've decided to stop doing four years right. ago. Right. Uh, not I mean, obviously in a malicious way. That's just kind of the, the, the way it is. You're going right. to, you know, you're going to come across people that are going to still going to want to drink. Um, and they should. Yeah. Background about me, very different from Tony. I'm very much a drinker. Uh, that's how <laughs> to I met Tony. Least. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so when we were talking about like the stuff like uh, uh, that would be good topics, like you, you mentioned like keeping it light sometimes. Because you know, my first thought of this right away when we were talking about this is is what it's like when you're encountering like somebody like me or somebody like an old friend right. or you know because you have to eventually you. You're not going to go to work, go home, and then just you know sit inside your apartment or your house all day. Right. You're going to want to go out and socialize. You know when you feel ready, when you feel comfortable. Everyone Absolutely. Wants now to. you made a good point when you said when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> because you, you certainly you certainly don't feel ready at first, and and I didn't for a long time. You know, getting out there was a, a scary thing to me. So how long? How long does it even well, take? I know I it's going to vary, but how long for you? I mean, I. I sat at home for like three months, three and a half months before I even like really left the house outside of going to the grocery store yeah. and like visiting f- friends and fa- like our family members. Um, but before I got out and actually socialized, shit, man, I, I probably didn't hang out little with anybody for seven, eight months. Do you remember the first place you went? Um, I don't know if it was the first place I ever went, but... It was the, the place that I remember the most was I actually, I went out with two buddies of mine, um, one of which uh, my buddy DJ, who I mentioned in the in our first podcast, my buddy Douglas Arthur Hall Jr., uh, and um, another one of our really good friends, Kevin, Kevin Kowalski. We, the three of us, uh, were longtime drinking pals, liked hitting it hard, liked drinking on West 25th and getting crazy. So after I got sober... Those two guys were still kind of a part of my life and more so just checking in over the phone and like, you know, hey, how you doing tone? Or I would, you know, reach out to them. Hey, guys, just thinking about you. Um, But they I think it was DJ because I was always closer with DJ. He reached out to me and said, hey, man, you know, I don't know how you're feeling about it. Like where your head's at. But, you know, we'd love to see you. I'd love to see you. Maybe we can go grab dinner sometime. And we uh, and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And I, I may have very well been out prior, like previously to that. Um, but this was kind of a big thing cause they wanted to go into Tremont, which was like a huge stomping grounds of mine back in my drinking days. Yeah. There's no and, libraries in Tremont. Right. Right. <laughs> that I'm aware of. No, 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 there's not. Um, so well, Tremont is known for right. food and booze, booze and drinking social things. And, and walk- these are two guys that used to kind of be big in your circle. So I was yeah. nervous about it, but I did want to very much see them. So we went to Dante, um, went to Dante, um, which uh, a buddy of mine, my buddy Paul Norris, is uh, was one of the bartenders there. A uh, guy I have also known for years. He was my apprentice uh, at Crop, uh, learning how to bartend, and still a very dear, dear friend of mine. So there were a lot of people I was going to see going to this dinner that it made me kind of nervous. It was like, this is a lot. This is a lot. But you know what, Tone? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta test this. You gotta see how you're going to handle it. Was it? Were you nervous because of history, atmosphere? 
I, how they're going to behave around you, or was I it a mixture? I think it was a combination of all of yeah. them, man. Because you know, got to be. It's got to be. You know, especially in your earlier. I mean, for me, once again, I can't speak for any of you out there. Your experience is your own. How you deal with your sobriety and your coping with your drinking or drug addiction is your own. For me, you know, it was a lot of like having to be guarded against certain things that could happen, and like, shit, man. Like, if I see these people, is it going to like make me want to drink? Like, am I going to yeah. see this person and all of a sudden go, oh, that was the catalyst. I need to have a, I need shots. It's all right, my dogs. It's all right, dogs. Apparently, that's a trigger for them. That's okay. It's all right. It's okay. He's fine, guys. He got through it. Dog barking doesn't make me want to drink, thankfully. <laughs> um, so, how are you? <laughs> so... Um, little that break was, there. Uh, that was Carissa. She was. Uh, she's my wife. Yeah, she, uh, Joe's lovely wife. She interrupted the first episode ever. It's fine. It's all right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I had to. Be, I had to kind of be guarded against those things. Like I was saying, so seeing people like, is this person going to make me want to drink? Is this person going to bring up some sort of feeling that I I haven't had until this point? But all of a sudden, because we had such a relationship in my drinking and my alcoholism, that it all of a sudden was like, oh fuck, dude, it's time. Well, because you don't. You don't know. You, you don't know what your triggers are yet. You yeah. don't. Well, you don't know. Obviously, you know that you had triggers, but you don't know how you're going to react. That's your first time in this environment. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of really going into the fire. Too. It was going right into the fire. Yeah. You know, those are places all, that we all drank at very heavily, and you know, I was known to be a drinker at, and you know, and I, I also it was, you know, at that point I was still very new in the, in my sobriety. That had, you know, was maybe a year. Maybe, not even. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even a year into my sobriety. So it was It was pretty new. Was Was there any thought or anxiety to maybe, for me, like, because this is a thing of mine about anything, obviously not about this, but I'm kind of sitting there thinking, what is that person thinking? Like, oh, yeah. uh, like you're sitting there and are, like, are, are you thinking, like, one of them is just sitting there that's like... I wonder when Tony's going to have a well, drink. Well, and, and man, and that's that was a big th- reason why like I didn't go out for a long time was because I didn't want to be I didn't want to burden anybody else with my sobriety. And sure. I didn't want to make anybody feel like they had to act differently or obli- or feel obligated to like, well, I'm not going to have a drink or no, we'll just have we'll have water with dinner. Like I didn't want anyone to have to do that cuz I don't want them to have to change how they live their lives and I don't want I don't want to feel awkward to have them to think them that they need to do that. You know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. I want people to enjoy themselves. The last, last thing anybody that's sober or trying to get sober wants to feel is more awkward than they already feel. Yeah. It's already a fucking hard thing to do. You're already struggling with some, with tons of self-doubt and worry and anxiety about slipping up and falling back into your old cycles. Last thing you want to do is feel like you're also stressing out your friends and that your friends feel uncomfortable being around you, which is very easy to do because they don't want to make the wrong step or say the wrong thing. You know, they don't want to be like, I mean, you touched on it before we started here talking about, well, what do you say? Like, uh, someone shows up, a sober person shows up to a party, and what do you do? You offer them, do you want water? What do you say to them? Yeah. You know, like, and I, be, being the, uh, being the, uh, uh, the deliverer of a very awkward moment, several awkward right. moments, because I, I know people that have gotten sober from drugs, from drinking, right. some from both, and uh, even go, if hey, I knew ahead of time they show right. up, I'm like, hey, you, you know, want some of this heroin? You got, we got, <laughs> we got soy sauce. Yeah, right. I start, I start naming things in my cupboard because right. I don't know. It, I don't know what to do. And well, it's, 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 it's an, it is an awkward feeling, but 
being on the other side, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like you don't want to make them feel awkward. Right. It's it's the same on the other side. At least for me, I was like, I really want this to be a very safe and comfort environment. Right, and that's do we have any chicken nuggets? Right, that we can and offer? that is that is what I mean. If certainly what I wanted yeah. was my friends to just treat me the same. You know, yes, did alcoholism, drinking, boozing, getting fucked up all the time? Did that define me for a long time? Absolutely. Is that how many people knew me and related to me? Of course. Yes. But this new way of living was only removing the alcohol part of it. I was still Tony. I was just a better version of that person. I was, you know, and I wanted to still have those relationships with people. I wanted to still be able to laugh and joke and interact. But, you know, you come to find, and I've lost a lot of friends over this course. Not like lost them like, hey, fuck you, we're not friends anymore. But lost them in the sense of, we just really weren't much friends outside of the drinking. There wasn't much depth. There wasn't much depth to who we were other than the commonality that we liked getting fucked up. That's a really good point. Yeah. And, you know, and it sucks to have to realize that, but it is, you know, and I think, you know, I'm not trying to like throw shade at anybody or try to like, you know, make people not lose friends. But, you know, even if you are a heavy drinker, take a look at your friend base. Think about how you really know certain people and why you know them. And if it's, if you look at like four of your best pals, and I'm doing some quotes there, and the only time you ever see them is when you're belly up at the bar doing shots on a Friday night, and that's the only time of the day you see them, they're probably really not that good of friends. I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, that's, uh, sure. You'll, you'll find out that you're, your common bond was just booze Was and just partying. getting fucked up. And then when you're sure. not doing that, you're like, ah, right. it's not that I don't like right. you. I just don't know if we're that compatible well, with right. being friends. Sure, did you have a ton to talk about on yeah. Friday night at Marriott's while you're smoking cigs and doing shots of grandma and drinking whatever you were drinking? Sure. Yeah. Did you do it every Friday night? Absolutely. But once you remove the fact that you're really trashed and buzzed up and feeling great and just jabber john about whatever, there's really not normally a lot there. there Dude, really- I've had... I've had a lot of fun with people I don't know just because we were having drinks. Exactly. I remember being in the Dominican Republic. I was belly up at a bar with some German guy who barely right. spoke English. And you fucking loved him. We had a great him. time for like you, three hours. Right, you loved him. I don't him. know what the fuck he said. Nope. He's if, probably still talking about what a great time he had talking to me, a, and I didn't speak exactly. German. And that's not to say that you can't make meaningful <laughs> relationships at the bar. 100%. I've done it. I've made a career through it. You know, like it's Most par- people met their significant other right. at a bar. No, right. There's a, a ton of beauty. Yeah. There's a ton of beauty into both the professional sure. side of it you know being a bartender and doing that and meeting people across your bar top and creating relationships and there's tons of great stories and beauty behind the fact that you can meet people socializing at a bar or restaurant and making making a connection that way but i'm talking about that like hardcore drinker who's sitting at that bar every day like those people don't at the end of the day they probably don't really amount to a whole lot outside of just being drinking pals you know so you really learn that when you are making that jump back into being a sober person who's still going to choose to socialize and still be in those settings. A lot of people choose to never return to a bar ever in their lives because they're that worried about it. It really wasn't realistic for me because I didn't want to sit at home all the time. I didn't want to just have to hang out at a library and I wanted to see the people that I still considered to be friends. Um, So yeah, I mean like at that dinner, you know, we're sitting there, we got put at a nice little the little uh, like round area at the end of the bar at Dante. My buddy Paul was bartending, happy to see me, made me up a nice little mocktail. You know, it was great. Kevin and DJ were very clearly uncomfortable. I could tell right away. They wanted to be like 
supportive, but they also didn't want to not have a good time. Like they wanted to have some drinks. They wanted to, you know, have a glass of wine with dinner. Sure. They wanted to, and I, and I, and I looked at them because I'm just that kind of asshole to do it. I was like, guys, quit acting fucking weird. Like just have a drink. I know you want to have a beer, have a shot, have a cocktail. Like I would feel better if you guys would loosen up a little bit. So have a drink. Let me fucking buy it. Like I want you to be able to act like yourselves, please don't feel like you need to like hold my hand through this. Like I need to get through this through my, on my own, you know? So, you know, we, we ordered food just like we would have back in the day. You know, we always went hard, multiple courses. We're eating all kinds of appetizers, cheese board, salads, all kinds, entrees, sharing dessert, aperitifs, not for me, but for them. Um, you know, and as, and as the, as the dinner went on, like, things loosened up. Like they got more comfortable. They, I think they, you know, I can't speak for them, but I can, could tell that they saw, all right, it's still Tony. Tony's still here. He's still talking. He's telling stories. We're yakking away and, you know, having fun and laughing and we don't need Tony to be all fucked up to do it, you know? And, but you know, to, to bring up a little bit of a like weird spot in the whole dinner, Kevin made a comment because he had he and DJ had heard the story about me like sleeping in the attic and shit. And I think Kevin to diffuse the thing and Ke Kevin Kowalski is also an asshole. Most of my friends are assholes like I am. He said something like, "Man, this is a far cry from sleeping upstairs in an attic or something." And and like I laughed because it was funny. And he laughed and DJ laughed. But <laughs> It was a fucking asshole thing to say, right? But it almost kind of made it better because it the it comfort, did. it's like, it did. I'm comfortable right. now to now, do what I normally look, would have that, done. I'll tell you right now, some jerk asshole that I don't really know wants to come up and say something like that to me to be a funny guy, Different I'm story. probably going to have an issue with it because yeah. I don't fucking know you. You're really not privy to my, that sort of conversation with yeah. me now a buddy of mine who i care about and love and have respect for makes that comment it's endearing to me because yeah. it is a far cry better than me sleeping in the fucking attic above a restaurant <laughs> in the dirt and the grime with bugs absolutely yeah. it is. but I, you got to earn that insult. exactly and yeah. kevin and dj certainly had earned that and then some so i just think about like what he probably had that in the chamber oh, dude, like, all dude. night. And he was just like, Man, I know this is he, funny. I want to say right. it. And, and, he, and that's the kind of friendship that he and I have. Good. And certainly the friendship that Doug, Doug and I have, DJ and I have. I mean, DJ and I have actually not been friends numbers of times throughout our very long friendship because of how hard we bust each other's balls. Yeah. Where we've actually like pissed each other off at each other and don't speak. We always make up. And I love the guy. He's like a little brother. I mean, he's far a bit bigger than me because he has a weight problem. But, you know, he, you know, he's still a little brother to me. Sure. Um, but, you know, so I remember Kevin saying that. And then, truth be told, I got a little upset at first internally. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, that kind of hurt me a little bit. But I knew he meant it the way that I chose to take it, which was like, all right, just brush it off. He's trying to lighten the mood. He's just trying to, you know, you got to sometimes you got to make fun of or find humor in even the, the greatest tragedies sometimes. Um, so especially after that, it was like, oh, well, fuck, we're cool now. Like it's out in the open. It's been brought up. And I did actually end up talking a little bit about it to them, like, you know, what it was like. And because they had never heard the story really at that point like there was just more speculation about what had happened and why so now it was like me sitting there actually telling him so you know we had a great dinner it was fun and you know afterwards we were like well what's what's the plan so we went to the spotted owl oh uh. yeah 
And that's when I, I made my exit. Not immediately, but we got to the Spotted Owl. We sat down at the bar. Kathleen Sullivan, the woman that runs the bar there, longtime friend, made me an awesome mocktail, fancy something or other with egg whites. I, I don't, or maybe not egg whites. I don't know what it was, but it was delicious. I felt like I was drinking a real drink. And then, you know, DJ and Kevin, two shots of Fernet, a couple beers, you know, and they start getting at it, which they're entitled to. They're not sober. I sure. am. But the second that I got that vibe that things were going to start to turn into like what they used to turn into, sure. I left. I was like, hey, guys, I had a great time. Dinner was awesome. I'm going to get an Uber. Yeah. And I'm going to head home. And it's funny. Like, I just remember that part of it. I wasn't even drinking anymore. And I Ubered down there because I just, I, I think honestly, there was a part of me that felt like I was like, well, what if something happens? Not because I was planning on drinking or I thought I couldn't get through it, but there were those doubts still. Where I was like, ah. That's a, wow. I didn't, when you said, I guess it's just such a normal thing to Uber right. from, from there because it's so far away from where I live. Right. That's a, you know, that's an interesting take on that. Yeah, is I honestly didn't even think about it until right now. Maybe just psychologically, I'm yeah. used to taking Ubers because I know what usually well, happens. because why would a sober guy with, I mean, like, there's no parking down there and it probably is sure. easier yeah, yeah. than valeting. But at the same time, it definitely had something to do with the fact where I was like, yeah, dude, I should probably. That's a very interesting point. What happens if I get tuned up? What happens if I do slip up? Yeah. Because that's, yeah. You know? I honestly really didn't even think about it until I just said that. But it definitely huh. probably had a lot to do with that, for sure. That's kind of a, a, a very well, because surprising it, turn. You know, like, didn't really think about that well, until just now. But, I didn't even, when you first said it, I didn't think about it. Yeah. But that had to be a reason. Because yeah. why else? I lived in Lakewood. Why Could would I be. fucking Uber? It's a drive. It's not, the park is not that bad. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, and, I, and I remember... I think it was DJ. He was like, oh, dude, come on, man. You can hang out. It's still early. It was like 1130. It wasn't even that late. And I was like, nah, dude, like, I, I love seeing you guys. This was great. I had a really good time. But like, I was starting to feel uncomfortable. Sure. Not because they were making me uncomfortable. Not because they had said anything. Not none of that. It was actually awesome to see people. And there were other people like, yeah. see, I think Will was there, you know, the owner of Spotted Owl. I think he was there. I think there were some other like restaurant bar people that I knew throughout my, you know, career. So it was great, like, being kind of back in there and being like, hey, here I am, Tony Coe, still alive, sober, doing his thing. But I was, I was uncomfortable. It was like, uh-oh, this, this is me. Like, this is what I did, you know? So, and I remember, I remember jumping in that Uber, and, you know, but, and this, this goes, goes to show you how just okay it is or assume that everybody's drinking all the time, every day, everywhere. I got in the Uber. The first thing the guy said to me was like, uh, long, uh, hit, uh, long night or already calling it quits, I think is what he said. And it's like, well, no, I actually don't drink. But no, I'm just – and I wasn't shitty with him. But yeah. in my head, I was like, really? Is, like, is that the assumption? Like everyone that gets in a, bar, in a, in a cab or Uber after being at a bar is just trashed? I mean it's probably true. But yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, eleven thirty, getting picked up and Tremont to the no, spotted eye. He wasn't long like, to yeah, think that, yeah. but I, in my head, I was just like, yeah, man. I mean, right? Yeah, no, dude, I actually don't drink anymore, and I think I ended up kind of telling him, yeah, you know, a little bit of the story. Um, but I remember, like, I got home that day, and I remember just sitting there with my ex, you know, the woman I was with at the time, and she was super nervous about me going because she was worried about, you know, my sobriety and normal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, she was like, oh, so how'd it go? And I kind of didn't really have a whole lot to, 
say because I felt I was in like such of a weird place in my head about it. Like I had so many thoughts about what had just happened and like trying to deal with it and come to terms with it. So I kind of was, I kind of told her, I was like, you know, dinner was great. You know, we had a really good time. Um, food was good. Cause she actually worked at Dante. She just happened to not be there that night okay. and had some stuff to do with her, with her folks or her nieces or something. And, um, you know, the food was great. They took good care of us. It was nice seeing Paul. It was nice seeing Kevin and DJ. And we, you know, we had a good conversation. It was fun. And I think I ended, I ended up just like going to bed. I think I was like, I was, I felt, I remember feeling like really drained from the whole thing. Just feeling like kind of emotionally drained and like, because my, my guard was up. You know, like I felt like I had to like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. race I, myself. I, your mind's got to be going a, a thousand miles well, a minute, right, dude. Too. I mean, I was far from in the clear, and I'm still to this day, almost four years later, far from in the clear because sobriety, staying sober, living a sober life is a constant battle. Yeah, there's it no is, there's no finish line for well, right sobriety. because it yeah. is it is. I mean, there are people that ten, twenty years later are sober for you know th those periods of time that end up falling back into it for one way or for one reason or the other. So, yeah. you, you know, it is a continually, it's a thing you have to continually work on. It's a thing you have to continue to strive to be. So, yeah, I mean, I just remember, I think I went to bed and that, but the next day when I woke up, I remember feeling really good. I felt great about it. I was like, all right, dude, look at that. You went out. You, you like, you went out, you partied kind of it's in your possible. own sober, boring guy way. Yeah. You know, you, you went and watched people do shots and you had a drink of juice and spices and herbs. It was delicious. You know, you can do this, you know, and I, and I, and I think, you know, I, I think I turned a corner after that a little bit. I, you know, and this is a, one thing to definitely point out about this is like I'm kind of noticing this and Joe you can probably see my face as I'm talking about this stuff like I'm having like realizations about how I felt about things. Oh, you're you're having almost like emotional flashbacks like well, taking it is, you back because, to that because because uh, like a lot of this stuff is stuff that I am reliving and talking about again for the for the first time. Yeah. Like I've never talked about a lot of this stuff in this way. So this is a pretty cool thing. Like I definitely feel like I did turn a corner after that though. I felt like I, I, I can very much understand that just because it's it, there's got to be so much apprehension kind of leading up. Yeah. Like I assume like so if, say you guys went on a Friday night, maybe you talk yeah. on Tuesday. You got a couple days to think about. Holy shit. I'm about to go do this with yeah. friends that I used to do this with. Right. And I'm going to kind of be in the lion's den. Big time. And I got to have my, 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 my shit on lockdown. Yeah. But then you. I did you do it. it. You, you even have a couple moments like the. The joke, the dinner, right. you're around people, you, you 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 take the Uber, which was still crazy that you just came to that realization. Right. I, I think that's amazing. Right. And then you get home and you're like, I fucking did it. You well, know, you know and I it's think possible. It it's is. not I, done, I, but it's possible. And I think that that's an important thing for people that are struggling with their sobriety or new to sobriety or just living the sober life. Maybe you can agree to this, is that it? it's moments like that that you have to, you have to really like used to your benefit. Like you have to treat it like something that you can, you have to continue to learn about because it, it, it is going to be your biggest tool in your life to living a life better than the life you were living. Yeah. But it does take work and you have to reflect on things that happen to you. And you, and you have to make sure too, that you are surrounding yourselves with people that are going to support you. You can't surround yourselves around people that are, going to be detrimental to that process or not be there to help you in a positive way. D does that ever, do you have friends that maybe are still your friends you will hang out with, but maybe you can't hang out with in certain settings? 
Um, or maybe at least maybe back then when you were starting. For me personally, with just the way that I handled my sobriety, man, it was kind of an all or nothing thing. Yeah. If somebody, if I felt like somebody was like not good for my life and my new course of sobriety, I just canceled them out. And it wasn't because they weren't good people. It wasn't because they don't deserve friendship or they're not, they're not, you know, they just weren't people that I felt I could continue to be, be around. Um, you know, and a lot of that, there's a couple different factors. One, because they're very heavy drinkers, you know, almost as bad as I was, if not worse. And that's not a judgment. That's just an actualization of the truth. And two, a lot of times they're kind of shitty about me being sober. You know, I don't, you know, for those of you that listen to the podcast about my whole story, I touched a, a, a briefly about people, me finding out that people that I knew, f- so-called friends, were saying like, ah, Tony will be back to drinking in no time. Tony's never going to stay sober. It, were pe- it was people like that, that I knew had those sorts of like poor wishings for me, that they wanted to see me fail. And it was like, well, fuck you. Like, I don't want you in my life, you know? So... Yeah, there are definitely people that I chose to cast out. And I think that, you know, and I've said it already a couple times, everyone's sobriety is their own. So you'll find it as you go through your life and you become new, you know, become more comfortable with your sobriety. I mean, especially the, how, how it happened to me is you'll just notice. You'll be like, yeah, this person is probably not the best person for me to be around. Sure. You know, and maybe, maybe down the road you revisit that. Maybe that changes once you're more comfortable in who you are in your sobriety, but you have to nail that first. You know, the friendships will be there. If they're really that worth anything, they'll be there after you're ready to have them back in your life. If that makes any sense. It does. Uh, It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think uh, anyone that's from what, again, what I've heard documentaries, people that I know, your recovery is always going to have to, it's always going to be in the front seat with you. You know, everything else kind of has to take a back seat. And if it doesn't work, then it's just going to have to, get out the next stop well really. yeah i mean i mean, I mean it's just an unfortunate because all those other things those friendships family job all those other things you know if the first one isn't in check everything else can come well, dude, tumbling dude, I, down. I mean i didn't talk about this at all because i don't really care to because she's not the greatest person to me anymore and actually is completely out of my life now but i was engaged to be married at the at a point in my early sobriety and i ended up you know removing melissa from my life because of a lot of that, like her unwillingness to change and her unwillingness to like, she didn't, I feel like a lot of, uh, after she was very, very, very supportive in my initial sobriety and actually helped me through a lot of it. I couldn't have gotten through a lot of yeah. it without her, but it ended up becoming a reason that she resented me because she felt like she had to change her life and didn't want to, you know what I mean? So, okay. So, yeah. I can like, see. I want to continue to drink. I don't have a problem. You do. And it's like, well, Okay, this isn't about you. Like, I'm not asking you to not drink, but it ended up really kind of driving a wedge between us, and we ended up, you know, parting ways. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, the, the, the sobriety thing has to take the biggest front seat of all, um, you know, which is, is, is going to push people out of your life whether you want it to or not, you know, but it is worth it. It needs to take a front seat because it never had before. The alcoholism, the drug addiction did, and that's probably why you're in the shape that you are. You know, certainly with me, I mean, as I've attested to and talked about at length at this point, alcoholism was the only thing <laughs> most of the time. 
you know, and it's why I ended up being in the shape that I was, you know, once I was able to get the strength together to actually like become the person that I am now and kind of make the hard decisions and take the strength or find the strength to get sober was when I really became my true self, you know? So, I mean, it's worth it. Put that fucking sobriety. It's it's such an interesting, uh, because everyone knows somebody that's, that's sober. I think, I think most people, for the most part, I think know someone that is sober for one reason or another. Yeah, and sure. you, 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 after a while, you don't really think about it. But the, the reason that I kind of thought this was a good topic for to, to, yeah, to, is because the first one. It's just it's the first one to get it out of the way. What goes into actually just kind of building yourself up to be able to go do that? Because there's so much at stake. There is. There is a lot of. There is a lot at stake, and especially for that person. And you're right, man. There are so many of us that have sober friends that know a sober guy that have a sober family member, you know, and you want to be there to support that person. Sure. But a lot of people don't have the tools or know what that means. And why would you, Hmm. you you don't know what it's like to be sober because you're not, you don't choose to be, and you don't need to be. But that person that is choosing it is kind of in a way, very vulnerable to a lot of things. You know, they're vulnerable to the fact that they're now choosing to live their life in a different way than they've almost ever been living it. You know, they now have to relearn how to be social. They now have to relearn how to have a good time, where they have a good time, who they have it with. And it it is, it is a very difficult step in their life. And, you know, having the right tools as a friend of that person, a family member of that person can be so beneficial to them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, it, obviously, it's awesome all the stuff that you that you did. Uh, I think this is going to be a real awesome thing. For Me too, you. man. I, I really, really, well, really. Well, dude, you're just as much of a part of it as I am, man. Like I know well, you. Yeah, you know, it's again, it, it's funny the way that it came about when you texted me. Uh, when you texted me that, I was like, that's weird because I was thinking that. Yeah. I was like, this. I mean, Joe, like I this know this could be something. Yeah, and I, listen, I I'm totally cool with you know eventually making this you know, my thing, but dude, I couldn't do this without you. I mean, you're the one that's helping me do all this. You're the one putting it together. I'm happy to help, man. You know, I, I, I think you're going to enjoy it. I I do. I already do. Um, (laughs) I I do. I do think you're going to enjoy it. Um, podcasting. It's been kind of fun for, it's obviously been very fun for me. It's something that, um, uh, it's, it is funny. I think you and I've kind of joked about it before, like offline, but the, uh, I think people think it's a little bit easier than it actually is, no, yeah, there's a little... but it's it's kind of hard to keep a conversation going. I've we've had some duds that have yeah. come up to us and be like, "Dude, you should have me on." And like, I'm like, oh, really? What do you want to talk about? Like, oh, I don't know. I thought you were going to bring the no. topic. <laughs> no, no, dude, listen. But you, and... but this is going to be something good for you because one, it's something you obviously know about. That's the first thing for somebody. Well, right. being an expert in. It. I'm well, not I saying think living in it. Yes. makes me. It doesn't make me an expert. It doesn't yeah. make me a professional. It doesn't make me qualified to, you know, counsel people. I, I'm i only going to be talking about things as I experience them or have experienced them. But you're them. an expert on you right. and your experiences. And hey, and shit, if you think I'm interesting, then I got hours and hours and days and days of fucking material well, for you guys. Uh, there's a lot more of these coming. <laughs> I think, uh, again, I, I like doing the lighthearted ones, the serious ones. I, I, it's going to be based on your mood, honestly. Right. You know that that's also the I mean, best part. I mean, this one could have taken a turn into some seriousness if I if yeah. if if it was there to do that. But I yeah. haven't really had. I've been fortunate to not really have any like super uncomfortable situations where I've had people like, "Hey, dude, you're going to have a fucking shot," or like you know do something where I felt threatened in my sobriety. You know, there are times where sure people have 
you know, people do it all the time. Here's one thing, like especially people that come into the brewery that don't know me super, like that well, but maybe have forgotten that I was sober or never knew in the first place. But they'll like sit down and be like, oh, yeah, we'll get around to shots. And yeah, dude, grab one for yourself. I'm like, oh, I don't drink. No, come on, bro. You don't drink? Sure you do. I've seen you. Yeah, Tony, you, come on, man. You're Tony Coast. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sober Tony Coast. You know, and a lot of times it's like younger restaurant people that like know who I am but don't know me. You know, that weren't around. Oh, yeah, they're like maybe just coming to the coming right. to terrestrial and just right. like, like they know who I am. Hey because, man, we're getting around a beer. Hey, get one for yourself. Yeah, You've been come awesome. On, yeah, Tony, dude, know. you're awesome, dude. Let's do yeah. some shots. It's like I don't do shots, dude. No, nah, it's cool. Just give me the cash equivalent. Yeah, I'll take that <laughs> ten bucks, please. Give me the cash equivalent. Not that shots are that much yeah. at the brewery. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad. Uh, again, always. Uh, it was cool to be a part of like the the really long journey that you discussed with us. Well, on man, the Gilda thank side. you again, dude. It this is going to be cool. Me. I'm glad that we can kind of get this thing kicked off Me too. and going. Me too. This is a a good start to. I think there's going to be a lot. There's so many different things. I mean, I haven't even really discussed them with you. I have 15 different. Dude, listen, ideas. I, I, we talked about this online or offline before we started. And, and honestly, I mean it. I think you can attest to this even after doing two of these. You feed me some material, I'll talk. If I, especially if I know about it, I will have something to say about something. That's one of my, hey, it's a blessing, it's a curse. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I've never had a loss of words. Now it's more blessing than it is curse. Yeah, it is so. the truth. All right. Well, good. Cool. Good first round, bro. Yeah. Thank you.